the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests. Good morning to those who are worshiping with us online. We are delighted to be together as the people of God to give him worship and praise today. The series that I'm preaching on is called The Royal Road to Happiness. Royal Road to Happiness and part two is Blessed Are Those Who Mourn. From Matthew chapter four that was read for us, the Beatitudes. Experiencing grief, sorrow, and mourning can be devastating. So Jesus addressed mourning in the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. As Christians, we are not immune from the bumps and bruises of life. We get knocked around just like anyone else. We feel pain. We experience sorrow and loss of all kinds. There are, for example, losses in relationships. People we love die. Marriage partners abandon us. Children reject us. Close friends move away. Those are losses. There are also personal losses like injuries and poor health. There are economic or financial losses. There is a losing of a job or career. Some losses are sudden. They come into our life as an unwelcome surprise. Other losses occur over time such as a family watching their husband and father slowly slip away as Alzheimer's disease strips him of his memories and of his understanding. When we consider all of these things, it does not seem as if mourning would be the way to achieve happiness and comfort. Instead, most people imagine that the source of happiness would involve lots of physical pleasure and fun. The natural inclination 
is to look at mourning as an emotional state to be avoided at all costs. Instead, to party and revel in the pleasures of the moment. That is what so many have tried to do. Among them was King Solomon, the wise and wealthy king of Israel, who had every physical thing he could ever want. But looking back on his life, he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 2 and 4, it is better to go to a funeral than to attend a feast. Funerals remind us that we all must die. A sensible person mourns, but fools always laugh. Now, to understand what Jesus is saying in this second beatitude, we must acknowledge that mourning is a universal experience. Jesus, on the night before he went to the, the cross, told his grieving disciples in John 16:33, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And centuries earlier, Job came to the same conclusion. Job 5:7 says, People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. The world is full of sorrow. There's no need to prove that statement. Who is there that does not know it? What home is there to which sorrow has not come? What heart is there that does not bear upon it wounds still fresh and bleeding, or at any rate, the scars of past grief? Sorrow and pain and grief have visited every home of those in this sanctuary today, as well as those watching this live stream service, or even for those who will listen to this sermon by radio. Life is not a comedy, even if Comedy Central may give that impression. Life is not all fun and laughter, as our youth sometimes think. With its graves and funerals, its tears and broken hearts, life is more like a tragedy. If in one awful vision there could pass before us all the world's sorrow and pain, so dreadful would be the sight that our hearts would melt within us. If all the homes in the city or town where you are located were open to our gaze, and all of their hidden griefs laid bare, what overwhelming sorrow and heartbreak we would witness. Grief is everywhere. The angel of death is always abroad, and the rustle of his wings can forever be heard in our homes and on the streets as a hearse takes a casket of her loved one to the cemetery. So what are we to make of this universal sorrow? What are we to say of grief and pain? The universal verdict of mankind is that sorrow, grief, and loss are unmitigated evils. We can see no element of good in sorrow. 
We can see no possibility of happiness in loss or grief. If we could escape sorrow, we would. If we could bar the doors of our homes against sorrow, pain, and disappointment, we would. But that being impossible, the question is how can we best endure this evil we cannot cure? Various approaches have been taken throughout history, and time does not not allow me to go into those. For those that uh, have been given, the the solutions that have been given, or at least the analysis that have been given, there's very little comfort to us. You see, if there is not a loving purpose in the sorrows of life and blessedness in its grief, we should all become pessimists and ask, is life worth living at all? Jesus looked with clear and steadfast eyes upon the sorrow of the world, and he uttered this strange statement. God blesses those who mourn. That's the New Living Translation. So incredible does this statement seem to some that they refuse to accept the simple, plain, and literal meaning of these words. They said Jesus could never have meant that those who suffer loss, bereavement, and pain are blessed. So they interpret it as referring to one class of mourners only, namely those who mourn for their sins. But if Jesus had meant blessed are those who mourn for their sins, he would have said so. The words as they stand are without limit or qualification of any kind. They mean that for those who are members of the kingdom, and he's speaking now to people who are members of the kingdom, sorrow of every kind is a means of blessing in ways that sometimes we cannot fully uh, understand or appreciate. It includes all of God's children who are bereaved, all of those who are in sorrow due to the loss of a loved one. It includes all of those who feel as if they have buried half of their life in some, in some recent grave. It includes parents or grandparents who are weeping for the loss of their children or grandchildren and children who are mourning the loss of parents and grandparents. It includes a widow grieving for her husband prematurely snatched away from her side. It includes the broken-hearted husband who mourns the loss of the woman he loved. It includes all of God's children who in any way have suffered bereavement and loss and whose hearts are lonely and sad. And it goes even further than that. For it includes all God's children who are in trouble, whatever the kind. You see, death is not the only thing that makes us mourn. There are troubles even worse than death. This blessing that Jesus pronounces includes fathers and mothers weeping for prodigal sons and daughters. It includes wives and children brokenhearted by a husband husband and father's addiction to drugs and alcohol or constant physical abuse. It includes all of those afflicted by sudden illness. 
It includes those whose dreams have been shattered, whose love has been abused, and whose trust has been betrayed. The forms of sorrow and the causes of grief are endless. But whatever the form and whatever the cause, Jesus' promise of blessing embraces them all. Jesus said, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Notice that Jesus does, does not say that we are blessed for the simple reason that we suffer loss or sorrow, but we are blessed in our sorrow because there is an endless store of comfort for us in the love of God. The blessing is not in the sorrow, but in the comfort to which sorrow leads. The Lord himself draws near to us in times of sorrow and suffering. We sense his presence in a way that goes beyond the the natural. We hear his voice, though there is no sound in the room. Many Christians can testify to this special sense of God's nearness felt during times of great sorrow or suffering. But secondly, let us look at the divine sources of comfort for those who mourn. First, there is the Holy Scriptures, God's Word. David says in Psalm 119, 25 and 52, I weep with sorrow, encourage me by your word. I meditate on your age-old instructions. O Lord, they comfort me. In Psalm 147, verses 3 and 5, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. How great is is, is our, our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond our comprehension. The book of Psalms was written to comfort us. Read through the Psalms and highlight the verses that comfort you. Then you will have them in those times of sorrow or trouble to read what God says to you. Underline all of the promises so you will know where they are and then claim them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In a congregation of our size, there's a lot of hidden hurt behind the pretty faces of, and, and uh, pretty and handsome faces is a lot of pain and hurt. Our pain, our sorrow matter to God. He sees it, he understands it, he feels it, and he helps us. If we look to God's word, the scriptures, we'll always find help in that sorrow, pain, or hurt. David says in in Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5, Sing praise to the Lord, all his faithful people. Remember what the Holy One has done and give him thanks. 
His anger lasts only a moment. His goodness for a lifetime. Tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, what David is saying can only be truly known by the believer in Jesus Christ. So joy comes in the morning, grief only lasts for the night, meaning that there will be an end to the grief that we go through. It will not last forever. But the second source of comfort is fellow believers. We need one another. We were not made to be isolated from each other. We need each other to make it, especially in times of bereavement and trouble. The church is a family. And this family called People's Baptist Church of Boston has been and will be there for its members in times of bereavement and sorrow. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4, Paul says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God in his merciful, is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So God uses our sufferings, our loss, to comfort us so that when we are better, we can help others in his name. No one understands cancer like someone who has been through it. No one understands divorce like someone who has been through it. No one understands the pain of losing a mother, a father, a brother, sister, or a child like someone who has been through it. Many Christians are superbly qualified to minister to others because of what they have gone through. They have been deeply affected by their losses and have discovered that God is faithful in providing comfort. They have an important message to share. They can say with conviction, God will take care of you. I know because he took care of me and he comforted me. Or they have earned their degree in the school of suffering. And now they are qualified to minister to others who are newly enrolled. At People's Baptist Church, we are organized to help our members and their families in times of need. We have a nurturing ministry, a bereavement support ministry, a bereavement hospitality ministry, a diaconate ministry, a missions ministry, all of which are designed to comfort and help help us in our time of need. We are truly a Christ-centered, caring church. God wants to use the hurts, the pain, the losses, the grief, the loneliness we have gone through to comfort, help, and encourage others. But the third source of comfort is the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest comfort of all. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked around here on earth and 
before he left, he said to his disciples, I'm going to go back to heaven. But when I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to be with you. And Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter. Because one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us, the children of God. When you invited Jesus Christ into your life, he placed his spirit in you to strengthen you so that you can get through the tough times, the tragedies, the disappointments, the losses, the trials, and the tribulations of life. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, May God, the source of hope, fill you with all joy and peace by means of your faith in him, so that your hope will continue to grow by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God puts his spirit in our life so that we may be radiant with hope. Or during my 43 years as the under-shepherd of Christ of this congregation, I've been with hundreds of people through their time of grief. The test of a person's faith can best be seen at the funeral of a loved one. How do they handle the loss? Is there a sense of hope? A word of comfort in the knowledge that death does not have the last word because Jesus Christ rose from the grave? And the scriptures tell us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, I usually can tell whether a person knows Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord by the way they carry on at the funeral because they do not see any hope. But we are not like those without hope. We are people who trust in the Lord and know that as a result of of Easter and the resurrection, we shall um, be like Christ and we shall have a body like unto his own. The Bible says when Jesus comes into our life, we have hope. Listen to Revelation uh, chapter 21, 3 and 4. This is John writing uh, in the book of Revelation what he had been exposed to uh, in heaven. He says, I heard a voice shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. None of us knows how long we will be here on this earth. Between today and the time that we are taken away, we will have to face major losses uh, in our lives. The question is, what are we going to hold on to when these losses come? What is going to motivate us to get out of bed and go on when our whole world falls apart because of the death of a loved one? or because of the death of a major crisis or tragedy? What is going to give us hope? 
The good news is that God promises to help us and strengthen us if we put our trust in his son, Jesus Christ, who said, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so let me remind you that God knows the grief we experience. He knows the pressures we feel. He knows the burdens that we bear. He knows the help that we need. He also knows the tears that we have shed, the troubles we have encountered, the trials we have faced, the sorrows we have had, the difficulties we have confronted, the pain we have felt, the fears we have battled, the hardships that we have gone through. And he promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And in the words of the hymn writer, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched by my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights weary, I know my Savior cares. He cares. And he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.